0: This week on Unsportsmanlike Conduct, we'll be previewing the NHL and NBA playoffs, talking about Dwayne Wade and his retirement, and a little bit of Masters golf.
1: High, high high,
0: high Welcome back to Unsportsmanlike Conduct. This is your host, Andy Gleason. I'm joined today by Andrew Loveland. How's it going, Andrew? Good. How are you doing? Good. Very good. And you? As always, I'm joined by Elena Hess. How are you doing, Elena?
2: I'm hanging in there. You know, rough week for me, but it'll all be, be okay.
0: Well, Elena, I think uh, we're going to start with you. And as most of the listeners know, you are Dwayne Wade's biggest fan. Can you just talk a little bit about maybe a few memories you have of Dwayne Wade, um, what his retirement, how his retirement is affecting you, just anything you really want to say about the Wade situation?
2: Oh, of course, but I have to warn everyone. I probably I've I've been very emotional about this for the past week. I'd say so. Last night was pretty rough for me. I watched Dwayne Wade's last game. He was in Brooklyn. I also watched the game the night before. I watched him in Miami play one last time there in his home. I think it's this is very bittersweet for me because. I love the way he was able to go out. He was able to go out healthy. He went out with a triple-double. Like, you couldn't have wrote it any, wrote it any better. Um, I know that he wanted to spend more time with his family as a newborn, so I'm happy for him. He's he's going out the right way. Um, it's it's horrible for me because I feel like this is, he's all I've known. He's all I've talked about. I've invested so much of my time into, like, wanting to watch him. I I was happy to be able to go to Miami this year to see him and – playing uh, American Airlines arena uh, where he belongs. I w- I went to Orlando to see him and also Detroit to see him this year. so I don't have any regrets about putting myself in debt for that. Um, I I'm just I'm really it's really bittersweet because just just a, the impact he's had on me and uh, my life so it'll be it'll be very different for me from here on out. It was just awesome. I mean thinking back to 2006. Even then, I was just pretty young, but I still, like, love to watch him. I mean, he was finals MVP, uh, three-time champion, one of LeBron, our boy, our other boy. (laughs) So, I mean, his career was just something to be, like, so proud of, and he's somebody everybody loves and respects. So, basically, yeah.
1: Do you have any reflections, Andrew, of D-Wade? I mean, I think he's kind of one of the more underrated superstars we've had in the last decade. I think just LeBron's greatness kind of overtook what D. Wade was doing while they were in Miami. Because that first season, I mean, you look at how they were both playing, and it was not like a Jordan and Pippen thing. It was almost like they were equals. And that's part of the reason I think they didn't win that first one. But then I also think back in 2006 when they won – the finals like you could make a good argument in 2006 2007 as Dwayne Wade being the best player in the league and I think now we forget like how good he was at that time
0: yeah I definitely agree with that assessment I'm a huge LeBron fan and my favorite team is wherever LeBron goes as bandwagon as that is it's he's just my favorite player so that's what when I think of D Wade, I really just think of like four great years um for me personally alongside LeBron and he was I think And just like you kind of touched on right there, the first year they were kind of equals, and then the second year in Miami, Dwayne Wade said, hey, I'm going to take a backseat to LeBron. Not a big backseat, but he said, hey, I'm going to let LeBron take the reins of this team, and that is such a mature move for a superstar who's arguably in his prime or in the later end of his prime. He's a very mature, selfless superstar, and I agree with you, one of the more underrated players we have in the game. A lot of people... I think I was listening to Nick Wright said Dwayne Wade might be the 18th best player ever. And I could see him about top 15 there around that that area there. Um, where would you like to see him go now post-basketball playing? Would you like to see him uh, be an announcer, kind of do like the Kobe thing, do the TV, all that? What What would you like to see, Elena?
2: I would love to see him uh, be an analyst, just uh, talk about the game, just be around it. Just I was, I just want him... I know he'll be a presence from here on out. I mean, this isn't the last time we'll see Dwayne Wade. I know we won't see him on the court anymore, but you know we're going to see him. Uh, so I, I think he'll talk about the game. He'll be an analyst. He'll probably sit up there with maybe Shaq and talk about the game. I think that would be pretty sweet if they sat up there together and were able to talk about all the games together. If he was able to talk about LeBron playing and stuff, that would just be awesome, and I think that would that would kind of help heal my heart, so...
0: Awesome. Uh, speaking of LeBron, um, kind of a weird situation going on with the Lakers and Magic. Um, Magic Johnson just, what was it, Tuesday? Did he, that Tuesday just kind of got up and resigned and told the media, didn't tell his boss, Jeannie Buss, or anything like that. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that, Andrew?
1: Well, I think, one, I think it's incredibly unprofessional of him that he didn't mention anything to Jeannie. But if you watch the press conference, it sounded kind of like he didn't tell anyone. In his, like He didn't tell his wife. He didn't give any nod to any of the players or anyone. And he just had been thinking about it, though. Because I think he said that people would be like, oh, I can't wait for next year. What are you guys going to do this summer? And he would sit there and think like, oh, I'm not going to be here next year. And that's insane to me. Yeah, definitely. Elena?
2: Yeah, like you said, uh, Andy, I think that's just really unprofessional of him to do. Because if you know you're not going to be there... Why for one? Why are you keeping a secret? Why are you not telling somebody and letting them kind of prepare for it? I mean, I know they have—they're not the playoffs, so they have the whole playoffs and the off season to kind of figure out what they're going to do. But I don't like that LeBron's being thrown in the mix because I don't think LeBron had anything to do with it. I—I I think that anyone would want to like work for a team that has LeBron on it and is able to like see like, up-and-coming years and, like, make them better. I know they had a fallout year this year, but, I mean, they were still two games better than they were last year. I mean, they had a lot of stuff happen this year. So it could really only get better from here, and I just don't know why you'd want to step out on a on a bad note and just kind of shock everybody and on the way out and just kind of, like, I wonder if there's an – I think there's going to be an underlying thing that comes up into to why he did this. I hope there's something else because if he did – if he just kind of shocked everybody like this just for no reason, I think that's – Dumb.
0: Yeah, it was definitely really weird and Tuesday night um he just kind of overshadowed uh the Dwayne, Dwayne Wade's last game in Miami I mean there's a lot going on and it's just kind of weird timing to do that um where do you see the Lakers moving forward uh with their front office you think they keep Luke Walden uh start with Andrew
1: I think Walton will probably stay there next season I think Magic said that part of that reason he decided to step down was he wasn't sure if he could fire Luke Walton, you know, kind of that Lakers family business type deal. And I think looking forward, an interesting thing to note is Jerry West, his contract is up with the Clippers this summer and the Lakers love hiring people. Like that's how magic got the job. So I could see Jerry West coming back to the Lakers, maybe not as the full-time GM, but as a consultant similar to how he did with golden state and how he is in LA and I think the other big name to watch right now is David Griffin and because he has past success with LeBron, and I think he knows how to build a team with the young stars that they've got and how to potentially use them to get something bigger like Anthony Davis.
0: I agree with you uh one hundred percent on who they should be reaching out for. Jerry West, like you said, has the Laker ties, David Griffin with the ties. I'd be interested to see if Ty Lu came along with David Griffin uh as a head coach if they do end up moving off of Luke Walden. Uh what are your thoughts on the situation, Elena?
2: I mean, what whoever you bring in, they need to realize that they're not gonna be smarter than LeBron in any basketball IQ aspect. So they kinda they just have they have to work well with him and and if it's going to be Luke Walton, I think I think he was overwhelmed for one. He doesn't know how to coach LeBron and how could you be prepared for that? Something like that. Mm-hmm. It's such like it's not like he's I think LeBron is actually very respectful and he he just knows so much more, so I think it's very hard for somebody with the level like of basketball mentality he has to listen to somebody who doesn't know as much as him. But I think I think overall like LeBron he's not being he's not being mean when he when he just kind of does his own thing. I mean, he, you, you have to, and as a coach, you just have to realize who you have on your team. So if Luke Walton stays, I think, I think it'll be okay because next year I anticipate LeBron being healthy and things getting back into the swing of things. I think somebody's going to come into L.A., and they're going to they're gonna have a better year.
0: Yeah, Luke Walton was in the same draft class as LeBron, so it's kind of hard to look at, like, a peer and be like, hey, I'm going to listen to everything you say, you know, and especially when LeBron's much more experienced than Luke Walton on the court. So, I mean, it's just a weird situation, but we'll definitely see how it plays out. It's definitely going to be one of the more fascinating off-seasons. Kind of the new season of the NBA, NBA playoffs heading up. uh, You guys got any general thoughts on that? Uh, We don't have to give, like, predictions or anything yet, but maybe just... Who you think are going to go to the finals? Uh, just a couple teams you think have a chance. Uh, who you think is going to stand out? Just any thoughts you have on the NBA playoffs? We'll start with Elena.
2: So I'm going to make an actual bold pr- prediction. I, I don't think that Golden State is an automatic shoe in for the, uh, the finals this year. I I do believe that they can be taken down by either the Thunder or Houston because, I mean they. They had their own problems this year too. I mean, I know they had Boogie, but he um, always always didn't make them better. And so it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. But Houston and Thunder, they're nobody to sleep on. So and on the East, I think the Bucks are the real deal. I think that'll be uh, fun to watch them. Uh, but it's it's wide open in the East because you have also Toronto. We have, they have Kawhi, so anything can happen there. And also Boston and Philly. I mean, they, they all have solid teams and solid guys on each each of the teams. So it'll be interesting to see who pulls it together. And the Bucks even, they just have Giannis. I mean, they don't have I mean they have Middleton and they actually who who got hurt the other day?
1: Th- yeah. Yeah,
2: so that, that might that might play a factor, but we'll see.
1: Oh, uh, what about you, Andrew? I think looking in the West, again, I agree with Elena. I don't think Golden State's going to make it to the the finals. I think the Rockets will take them down if they meet in the second round. And I think Oklahoma City could defeat Golden State if they met, but I don't even know if Oklahoma City can beat Portland. I think that's a tough matchup for them because you're going to have Dame going against Russell Westbrook. And I think sometimes when – a big-time guard faces off one-on-one against Russell Westbrook, it becomes like the Russell Westbrook show. So now it's like he's got to outperform that. And I think sometimes the Thunder aren't always at their best when it's just Russell Westbrook trying to get a triple-double with 45 points on 51 shots.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it seems like Russ does that a lot, where it's a big name point guard, and he just says, "Hey, it's me versus you. It's going to be Russ versus you, and it's going to be, and I'm going to win. You know, I'm going to do it by myself."
2: I do have something to say about that. I, I do think that's how Russ run, like that's how his brain r- runs a lot. But I have seen in the second half of this season that he's kind of almost taken a backseat to Paul George, and I've mm-hmm. really respected that out of Russ because he's always been, like you guys said, like. It's all him, him against everyone else, and and it did have to be that before Paul George was there. But now that he has Paul George, I think he's kind of like, okay, I'm not, I'm not the number one guy every night on the floor. It can go back and forth on any given night, and I think Paul George has really stepped into that role of uh, just leading the team.
1: And I think it provides a potential very interesting Western Conference Finals if you had Houston taking on Oklahoma City, and you've got so Chris Paul and James Harden versus Paul George and Russell Westbrook. I think that provides maybe more t v entertainment than if it's Golden State because if Golden State's in the Western Conference Finals at that point they're running on all cylinders, and they're they're not gonna stop short of a finals appearance. I think the biggest thing for Golden State is where is Kevin Durant? At? Is he one foot out the door? Is he one and a half feet like it's two feet to New York? Who knows where he's at and I think That affected Miami some in the bronze last season where you could kind of tell like maybe he's not for sure leaving, but he's definitely considering it. And I think that could have the same effect on Golden State this year with Kevin Durant.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point you brought up there. It's something I haven't really considered. But uh, I think a point you touched on earlier is um, you like Oklahoma City's matchup versus Golden State, but it's kind of fascinating how like uh, you think Portland, you know, Portland is – compared to Golden State, they're not a giant or a powerhouse by any means, but Oklahoma City always seems to play so well against Golden State, and they match up so well against Golden State. It's just kind of strange how, and I think you hit the nail on the head, it becomes the Russell Westbrook show, but it's just strange how teams not as talented as Golden State Uh just give the Thunder fits, and the Thunder are the sixth seed. I think they're the third or the second most talented team in the West, but they end up at the sixth seed. It's just kind of interesting.
2: Yeah, I also think that the Thunder probably play so well against the Warriors is because there's so much baggage yeah. between those two teams, and I, I love watching. it. That's like my favorite matchup in the, like besides like a LeBron D Wade matchup. That is my favorite matchup to watch, just because you can tell how. How pissed off Westbrook is still just like if they don't even if they don't say it anymore, you know he's still like just irritated and he thinks he's just kind of he thinks Durant's weak. And I mean, <laughs> hey, I, I I have my own opinions about Durant too. So but like also about what you said about how Durant has maybe one foot out the door. I definitely think that hurts uh teams' chemistries. I mean, how could it not if you you don't know if you're gonna be together next year? So that'll play a huge factor. I think it would be Crazy of Durant to leave just because I don't think he can win on his own anywhere. Um, I, I don't think anybody can win on their own, but I also don't think Kevin Durant can lead a team by himself. He's not a leader, so it'll be interesting. And I, I mean, I've heard a lot of rumors about the Knicks and Kevin Durant, who also like who has doesn't have his own opinions really about anything. And and then going into the Knicks, who's also like just like a messed up organization right now as it is, it would just be. I think they would go down in shambles.
1: I agree. So. Any final NBA thoughts for either of you guys? I think one quick Knicks thing for me is Kevin Durant can't win on his own, but could Durant, Kyrie, and Zion threaten the East?
0: I have nightmares about that just because I'm not a big Kevin Durant fan. Um, I, until this year when Kyrie apologized to my man LeBron, I wasn't a big Kyrie guy, and then I like Zion, and I was like, oh, Zion's gonna get stuck with two of my least favorite players in the league, but that team would be filthy that team would be hard to beat I think I think in my opinion they'd be the immediate favorite in the east even over Toronto and Milwaukee so what do you guys think about that oh
2: my gosh that like you said that gives me nightmares too I got chills over here I was like I swear if that happens like I it would it would be horrible just because you don't want to see you you don't want to go up against that and I don't I also don't I wasn't a huge Kyrie fan either after everything kind of went down but once he apologized I was like oh everything's great now I mean uh, but I would like to see Kyrie in L.A., that's all I'm saying.
1: I think there's a good chance Kyrie ends up in L.A. I mean, I know he just decided that it came out like, oh, he's going to take a meeting there. But I think that helps L.A. out a lot because they're young players. We don't know if Brandon Ingram's coming back. I mean, that blood clot, it's it's similar to what took Chris Bosh out. Yeah. Like, we don't know. So I think we've seen how Kyrie and LeBron can – play together, but it could be interesting with him and Durant in New York because they're both kind of, like, you don't know if for 10 minutes Kyrie's going to take over the game and be the most exciting player in an, in the NBA for 10 minutes, but you also don't know if, like, he's going to just, like, flake out and not be a good teammate for two months.
0: Yeah, I
2: think – oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: That's okay, definitely. Kyrie's kind of like the, uh, like, player morale on 2K, you know, it's, like, erratic or something like that. You know, it's not consistent by any means. He's got, like, the – the offbeat player morale and you're gonna have to trade them or play more minutes or something you know
2: exactly I think that I definitely think that too about Kyrie but I think going back with LeBron I think he would appreciate it so much more just because he kind of feels like he didn't appreciate it when he had him and you kind of don't know what you have until you lost it so I think if he went back to play with LeBron it would just be it would be something special
0: yeah definitely So, moving on, we'll move on to the NHL playoff preview right now. Uh, First round started last night. Uh, First set of games continued tonight. Uh, Andrew, NHL playoffs, do you have any initial thoughts? I don't know if you watched any
1: last night or have any thoughts going forward. I watched a few of the games last night. I saw the Dallas Stars-Nashville Predators game, and it looked like the Preds were going to pull it out from the get-go, and then Dallas caught fire. Later on in the game, I think one of the interesting things to look out for is, I mean, the Lightning had one of the best seasons in a long time. I mean, they tied the record for most wins in a season with the 95-96 Red Wings, but they lost last night, if I remember correctly.
0: Yep, they had a 3-0 lead and the Jackets, scored 4 and answered, won 4-3 to three last night. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. But- yeah, um I kind of think uh like that's interesting to see too. Personally, what I think's going to happen is I think I think the Bolts will get through this series, but they play I think Boston's going to beat Toronto. Boston's a physical team. I think Boston's going to wear them down. I think the Bolts will escape, but I think they'll get to that Eastern Conference Finals. So they're going to probably play Washington or Pittsburgh and I think they're going to lose in that conference finals just because they went so hard during the regular season. They It's kind of like the 73-win Warriors. They tied the record for the best NHL season ever. And I think just after a physical series against Columbus, a physical series against Boston, because that's everybody's game plan is going to be against the Lightning because they're such a finesse team and fun to watch. It's, hey, let's go hit them. And I think they're going to be run down by at least the third series. So that'll definitely be interesting to see.
1: Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, for Tampa Bay, is so many times we've seen in the NHL playoffs, it's less about – what you did in the regular season but and more about can your goalie get hot in the playoffs and stay hot and so I don't know if like you just have to kind of get lucky in some ways and I don't know if they will
0: definitely do you guys have any like early
1: favorites for the cup or anything of that sorts Andrew (laughs) I would say watch out for Calgary I think they're kind of a sneaky Good team that again, if they could get on the right hot streak, you could they could score a lot of goals and have good defense to stop. There's not really like a
0: goaltender who's like a Jonathan Quick or like a Henrik Wankelvis who just takes over. There's a lot of teams in these playoffs that have really good rosters, really good depth, the star players. But it's like you said, whose goalie is going to get hot? And I'm really interested to see that because there's no goalie that this year in the NHL that was like blowing everybody away and your big name goalies aren't even in the playoffs this year. So, I mean, that you know your Holtby, you know Matt Murray, but they're young guys. They're still very young. So, um, if I had to give an early prediction uh, for my playoff champion, it's going to be the Pittsburgh Penguins. Very biased. I am a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. So, very biased, but it's just kind of a weird year, and the Pens take advantage in weird years. They always win the cup when they fire their coach midseason. It's, it's been – they didn't fire their coach, but it's been a weird season like that. So, I'm going to take uh, the Penguins over the Predators rematch of the 2017 finals. Andrew, do you have a prediction at all?
1: I think that you'll see Calgary win it all, most likely over somebody like the Capitals. I think one of the teams to maybe watch out for, too, is the Dallas Stars. I think you've got Ben Bishop.
0: Yeah, um, Bishops on the stars. That was definitely an acquisition coming over for the Bolts.
1: Elena, you want to give us a prediction at all?
2: Um, You know what? I'm not a huge NHL person. I'm just going to be bold right now. I mean, I don't know. I'll go with the Lightning.
0: Okay, yeah. Safe pick. <laughs> Very safe pick. Great regular season.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know how you were talking about how they might be burnt out or whatever. Yeah, that's all right. I mean,
0: They're the most I mean, talented team in the league, that's for sure, so. but... I'm just I guess secretly I'm hoping they're burnt out because yeah. they play the Penguins. Well, I'll or hope that for like you that. too. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I
2: hope the Penguins win.
0: Yep. Awesome. Uh and then kinda just to close out our episodes, it's Thursday. It's the Masters. Uh any thoughts on that for you guys? I know Tiger Woods at the top of the leaderboard right now, so that's exciting. Getting the golf community really going. What are your thoughts of the start of the pretty much the start of the twenty nineteen golf season here?
2: I love Tiger, so I'm just gonna hope for the best
1: for him. I think Tiger has a really good shot this year. He played well last year in a few of the majors, but I think this year he's really found his like stride. It's closer to Tiger how he has been. I mean, I saw a little bit of it early this morning, and he was missing some putts, but it seemed like on the back nine he was getting into more of a groove and able to make those shorter putts. So if he can figure that out by the weekend, I think he can post some good scores and at least be in contention. Yeah, Tiger looks comfortable right now. I know he missed a few putts,
0: but he's hitting the fairway. Tiger never hits the fairway, and he's hitting the fairway. Um, He just looks really comfortable. Jack Nicklaus said he played with him a week or two ago, and he said he's never seen Tiger Woods this comfortable in his life. He's striping the ball, hitting fairways, hitting, hitting greens, making putts. So I'm really excited for Tiger as well. I think hopefully this is the year that Tiger gets over the hump and wins a major. Any other golfers that uh, you guys kind of think that stick out? Maybe uh, run by Phil. He's a little old, but like Jordan Spieth, uh, he started off today with a bogey. I don't know how he's doing now, but uh, John Rahm, Rory, any of those guys
1: stick out to you, Andrew? I always hope Rory wins the Masters because I want to see him get that career grand slam. Fowler, Ricky Fowler, is another golfer that I always root for in majors just because he's too talented and he's been so close so many times to not have that major. So I think Fowler will be in contention Sunday as well. He was having a pretty good round today. Nothing spectacular but playing good enough to keep himself in the hunt. Spieth loves Augusta, and he just always plays well at Augusta, so I assumed he would continue to play well at Augusta despite how bad he's been this year. Mm -hmm. But I like, after seeing his early star, I have it up now, actually, and he was plus three through seven holes. So I don't know if he's going to be able to turn it around, which I think is unfortunate for the golf community just because he was so good in 2015
0: and now. Yeah, it, you kind of feel for Jordan Spieth. 2015, great year, next Tiger Woods, you know. 2016, Stumbles has probably... The biggest collapse in Masters history there on was it 16 hole 16 and then uh he answers he gets a PGA championship he's kind of like, finally kind of coming back and then last year just couldn't do anything just and then again at the PGA championship he finds himself and I had a lot of high hopes and expectations for him coming into this year but I don't know he's just Something's missing right now, with Spieth. Whether it's, whether it's his putting, his mid-range game, his drives, he just something is always missing right now. And I think I really hope he can get over it this year because he's one of the most talented golfers we have in the game. But it's just different right now. You're not seeing it out of him.
2: I I agree with you. I I really like uh, kind of like the the comeback. I want to mm-hmm. see the comeback with all of these these guys that used to be so good and then they kind of fall off for for a little bit i feel like that happens a lot in golf though like once you get once you get down for a couple years you kind of it takes a while to get back out but yeah i hope he can kind of find himself again but i'm a big tiger fan so i I hope he uh takes it home
0: awesome well that'll do it for another episode here of unsportsmanlike conduct i'm andy gleason joined by andrew loveland and elena hess thanks for listening everybody